Welcome to The Gig Is Up, a podcast about the present and future of the local music scene. In this podcast, we converse with musicians, producers, and other members of the community about how this unique point in history contextualizes the local music scene and how we imagine its future. I'm Jam Pascual. And I'm Helena Barakel. Thank you for tuning in. Jam, what have you been getting up to in quarantine that would be like typically outside of your wheelhouse? I'm pretty sure that like we've talked about these kinds of things in passing before, but like just take me through them again. Video games. <laughs> Is this like the po- Pokemon simulator? Well, I, I have been playing that quite a bit as well. But recently, I bought a new game for my Switch. It's called Monster Hunter Rise. Um, and this was an awaited title. I actually got into the Monster Hunter franchise during the pandemic because I was playing Monster Hunter World and the Iceborne expansion and the PS4. And it kept me so much company when... Uh, you- we locked down. I've put 500 freaking hours into that game. Like, that's more than I've put into any game. And it's a very grind-heavy game. So this is going to keep me very busy. And it's just nice to have fun on something and focus on something that isn't work, that I'm not going to get paid for, and that I don't have to be, like, good at on a professional level. So that's really cool. Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, as in... It cannot be overstated how, how important it is to have like these things on the side which have nothing to do with what your professional life is now. Just so that you can have some fun and unwind and also just like be shit at it if you need to but still enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I've never been much of a gamer myself so I'm always like living vicariously through everyone I know who loves video games. So go. <laughs> what have you been up to though that's like pure recreation? Well, I started fostering cats in quarantine. Like, I'm not sure how recreational that is because, like, it, it's quite um, time-consuming and I'm, like, very heavily emotionally invested in it, you know, to the point of my ruin at times. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that counts as recreation, dude. I think it's very noble. Sorry, sorry. Hmm. But, uh, I'm not sure if it qualifies as play. I think for the most part, I've just been getting deeper into things I was already into, like figure skating, um, fan fiction, like all of these things, which which really do take up the bulk of like my free time. Um, anime, hmm, yeah, just all the same stuff that I was already into, but now I'm like, I can just go deep and deep and deep. That's wonderful. Uh, I know that when I see your Instagram stories and I see figure skating on it, I'm like, okay, she's having a good day today. Happy for her. <laughs> That's like that's where my brain is at for the whole weekend now. Like bye. It's like that whenever I'm posting, like numbers like that, I'm figure skating story. It's like the the number of people viewing starts to trickle down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because the real ones stay. <laughs> but yeah, those are like the things I occupy myself with that have nothing to do with my professional life, but that I enjoy immensely anyway. I remember reading somewhere. I forget the name of the poet. But he called it unregimented time, which is a term that I really, really like. That, you know, the way you live is actually a temporal concern, um, which I know sounds a little pretentious. But, like, imagine, it's fine. Uh, you know, your schedule, the days, minutes, hours, seconds that you occupy being unregimented, being unconstrained by a sense of obligation towards uh, need or self-sustenance. Or I guess, I don't know if that's the correct term, because recreation is uh, in many ways mm. self-sustaining. So I've been thinking a lot about unregimented time, and maybe one way to look out for yourself and take care of yourself is to uh, procedurally, or at least with some degree of attention, 
unregiment the way you spend your time instead of, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like obsessively bullet journaling it. Not to shame bullet journalers. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean, What's your right? problem? Yeah, you know, I mean like, <laughs> sorry, no offense to people who do that. That looks really interesting. I actually tried to get into bullet journaling once. Um, I, I couldn't do it. Um, it looked fun, but I, I couldn't do it. Uh, shout outs to people who can like keep notebooks and <laughs> have like clean handwriting. But uh, yeah, maybe part of uh, taking care of yourself in, in a mental and psychological way is to unregiment your time. I like that you talk about unregimented time, but also kind of in contrast to that, you're talking about intentionality. Because like, I think my first instinct when I hear unregimented is like, you no know, structure, like, no, you can just be floating, whatever. But then like, parang, you wouldn't think that intentionality is opposite to that, you know? Like, you're still one way or another doing something with yourself and doing something with your time that's meaningful, even if just to you. So I love that idea. Na parang, and I think that's something I've been trying to do with myself more, if not, like, I mean, with, like, different things, like, trying to have more intentional conversations, um, more intentional, even just, like, me time, you know, kind of thing. Like, you can kind of, like, get rid of all the frills, but at the same time, move forward with purpose. No? Yeah, you take a break <laughs> on purpose. I know that we were talking about this before. Sometimes I'll say to people, if they ask me, hey, are you free? And I'll be like, no, because I've set aside time to chill the fuck out. Um, I won't be doing anything. But that's time yeah. I've set aside to do nothing. Yeah. And I safeguard that like a dragon. Yeah, for sure. Because that time is yours. Yeah. You should do what you want with it. You ever, like take a break and then once you hop back into work you're like oh shit i've got um this is what joie de vivre feels like but i forgot what this was like you know what i mean yeah for sure for sure and um i think that can be really one restorative um but also empowering to like take ownership of that time of that space just for yourself you know uh, in a way that you might not have thought of before yeah our guest for today has been practicing this. I would say it's a practice, no? Um, has been very intentional and deliberate and deep about moving forward with changes, with purpose, um, and with meaning. So our guest for today is Jorge Winicky, formerly known as FKA Similar Objects, who is... And I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, it's really difficult to kind of think of words that can encapsulate all the things that he is. Um, but he has this resistance to kind of um the ideology um you know that kind of thing which we do talk about later on but again i'll give it my best shot he is a musician producer beat maker teacher inspiration all-around swell guy um and we were so happy to have him on the podcast as he closes this chapter in his life i'm sure at this point many of you know that he has decided to retire the similar objects project persona and will be moving forward with who knows what who can say at this point it doesn't count as putting him on a pedestal if we just call him a swell guy a swell talented guy so yeah can't refute that i wash my hands of this let's do it let's get into this conversation with Jorge. Hey, 
thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We're really stoked to have you on. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing okay. Um, a little bit hazy. I was playing. I think I played too much games yesterday. <laughs> but yeah. It's like I was working so hard the past week because of work being hectic. So I took one day off just to like not think of work. And so I just like drown in... I tried picking up Rust again. Have you heard of that game? No. I've heard of it. It sounds familiar. I'm not much of a gamer myself. Hanggang flash games lang ako. I love flash games though. Mga Newgrounds. Ganun. Okay. I was thinking more like yung mga bubble shooter. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Like you, those bubble puzzle shooters? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yesterday I played, I think I woke up yesterday with sort of like major inisako because it's like I didn't have like a, hol- a ha- weekend to rest. So the whole Sunday I was like thinking, I want to spend the day doing something that I want to do, like some sort of like me time. So I picked up this old game that I used to be addicted with. It's called Rust. It's very toxic. <laughs> How do you explain it? It's kind of like Minecraft, but it's like you can't trust anybody. Oh no. So I spent the whole day on it and it's sort of like self, it creates its own lore. It's like whoever's on that server, you don't even know them. It's like the random people. So you know, I was just picking fights on that on that server, and then <laughs> happy Sunday. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I think I spent like until like two a.m. playing. Made some friends also, and yon, I slept. And then when I woke up, sakat ulo ko kasi staring at the computer so for so long. It's kind of like those days, long days in an internet cafe. You definitely deserve the break, though. Thank you. I was thinking, okay, ayoko na maglaro. Back to work. It's Monday. MMO ba yan? Kind of. It's like a MMO na... Imagine like survival na Minecraft. Tapos it's very... It's hard. It's kind of like Dark Souls also in a way. Because it's like it's very difficult. Um, items don't come easy. Weapons don't come easy. And it's like everyone's just out to get you and k- they kill you on sight. Oh, okay. You know. I've noticed uh, some sort of uh, this this uh, increased prevalence of games where people deceive and betray each other. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Among Us is the obvious pick. Um, my friends are really into Werewolf. And I'm like, why are people lying to each other now? <laughs> werewolf is still a thing. Among Us is so hard, though, if you're not used to lying. So when I first started playing it, I'm like, mm. damn. And then and everyone, Halatahu's a bad liar. <laughs> well, I'm bad at lying, so just uh, single-player platformers for me, please. We have much to discuss today, Jorge. Well, I mean, big news recently came from you. When you announced that you were doing your last shows under the similar object's name, a kind of hanging of the mantle, you did it with the release of an artist statement titled Acquiescence by AX Ledesma, yeah. though I know him as Ethos. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, it's a send-off that fits the way you have moved through the world as an artist. It's highly conceptual, it's thorough, it inspires self-reflection. I'm hoping, though, like you can take us through the text, maybe pull back the curtains of the story behind the statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the reason why I sort of tapped Ethos on that is because I always loved how Ethos wrote. Like, I'm a fan of his writing. And I felt like if there was anyone who can sort of, like, put it into words... Because I always struggle with writing stuff. Like, I feel like I can never put into words what I exactly feel. And for some reason, whenever I send something to Ethos or, or just give him something to write for myself, even if it's, like, a album note or a review or... Sometimes I commission him just to write something. Just, cause it, just so that I can see what he writes about what what I make. And I felt like... Because I tried writing my own sort of like send-off statement. I don't even know if it was a send-off statement or just me putting my thoughts into words. But when I sent um, Ethos the material, the process was I sent him solipsism, the performance. And I feel like there's a lot of things there in the music that 
it's so hard for me to put into words why it sounds like that or why I'm putting this project to an end. But I felt like Itos managed to nail it, like without us even talking. And the funny part is that after watching the performance, he just like was on a roll. He wasn't even supposed to send it that early. He just told me like he watched the piece. He was so moved. He wrote and then he sent it back really fast. So I, I'll I'll pull up the the piece. I love it. We're doing literary analysis. Actually, like I never really like limited ethos in what to write. I just told him, you know what? Like I know how I felt like he can feel it. Eh? Just watch this piece and then whatever you write, Pico gets more. And it almost like gave me goosebumps to see how much he connected to it. Like I didn't tell him anything, like any context of it. But when I saw what he wrote, it was everything I wanted to say, which was interesting for me because it's like, like literally like, hey, Itos, I, I, I need your words. And then I sent him the file and then he sent this back. And it's like, grabe, like I got so scared, but also like surprised with what happened because everything about this is like, whoa, yeah, it's what I wanted to say. Talaga. So I can't really like, I don't know exactly word per word. I can't explain what it means, but it just feels like parang I spoke through Itos, if that's valid, parang he channeled me. Totally, totally. If anything, it seems like the both of you are like, basta we're not putting out an ordinary PR statement. It has to be more than yeah. that. Primarily, the statement concerns itself, though. To me, on unpacking the idea of the self, right? There's an omission, a rapturing, a transfiguration of the spirit. So then I'd like to ask you, though, like, what is the deal with the self? And, and by extension, uh, who are you at this point in time? Because I've always sort of like personified myself as similar objects in a way. It's like me trying to break away from the human side and tap into the sort of like sacred expression. One of the reasons why I put it to end is sort of it started to move away from that. I feel like it's either I outgrew it, the container, or I feel like I'm growing into something new. Because whenever I make something, a piece of music, I know when it's a similar objects project or something else. For some reason, I just have this intuitive feeling when I know it's that. But suddenly I've been creating for the, I've been struggling for the past three or four years with making music. And I feel like there's something weird about it. It's, it's either I can't finish it or I finish something and I feel like kulang, lagi siyang kulang. And siguro in the last two years, it's, I was starting to realize maybe I've outgrown that thing. I, I don't feel like it's myself anymore. Or maybe I've moved beyond what it, what it is. And I'm, I'm trying to look for that new self. I felt like the container, I mean, maybe like my spirit can't be contained by the same container anymore. And that's how I feel. And there's so many attachments, associations and meanings other people have assigned to the, to the word, to the quote unquote brand that I never really intended for similar objects. But I never really intended to be some sort of sensation or like brand or sort of idea like that. But I just wanted to make music away from things and then... Once people started to like listen and sort of like limited by attaching it to genre, styles, and expectations. But I felt that that limited me. It put a cage on me as well. Because I'm always trying to be something that someone expects. So there's so many um, elements and factors that sort of make me feel like, damn, it's like something that's supposed to free me, but it made me trapped, feel trapped. So shot. You've decided to free yourself is to shed the name. So shed the name and also just like stop trying. Like I wanted to stop trying. It's like when I started making music, I wasn't trying to do anything but to speak. Now there's so many things I'm trying to do that I feel like I'm not even, that wasn't there in the start. It's like trying to do this. like Or like when people sort of pressure me, you know, when are you going to come up with something groundbreaking? I don't want to feel like I have to make something groundbreaking all the time. 
Like sometimes I feel like, what if I want to just play one note and that note already is enough for me? Like, ganon. I felt like, you know, parang sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional, but it just feels like so many people expect me to be something, or I just wanna, you know, be, or like I just wanna, like when I wake up tomorrow and I wanna play a piano piece, na it doesn't have to be like experimental avant-garde, or if I just feel like singing a few notes with my voice, so that's what I wanna do. I feel like I've gone, I've, parang I've imprisoned myself. That's how I felt. Weird, no? Because you make these projects or these artistic expressions to sort of free yourself from like other things. And then in a way, sometimes you create a new prison for yourself. And it's, it's, it's weird. I never thought it would be that way. I never felt like I would be trapped by myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the delusion that I and like a lot of creative friends tell ourselves. You know how we're taught like if you're doing what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. That's wrong, mm-hmm. actually. You're going to have to toil if you do do what you love and monetizing it it's i guess it's curious to me that you have like these two things are happening at the same time that you're you've made this project which is separate from yourself in order to liberate yourself but then at the same time like it became this thing which ended up limiting you i, I guess because when like when you're perceived by other people um, or even just like your thoughts and feelings around the change through time i'm fascinated by this willingness to let it go to let it rest like um, simply because you've made your mark with it, right? Um, and you've done all of these things, which to you are just like the directions in which you wanted to move, things you wanted to try out. But now they have so much baggage attached to them, which you, as Jam used the word shed a while ago, which is like, I kept thinking about that, which is which is baggage you want to shed. I'm just curious about how, you know, like artists have, are so strongly attached to their artist names. And I'm curious what you think about that attachment and, like I'm curious about your process of unraveling it, na, that you're able to keep it separate from yourself, even though people would have this automatic association that Jorge has similar objects and similar objects is Jorge, but you're drawing a line between the two for good. So like, that's crazy to me. I don't know. I, I never saw myself as the same as like the name. Like sometimes in, in, older, in older interviews, I'd always tell people, I sometimes felt like I was more similar objects than Jorge. But in actuality, I feel like there's more to me than just like that one dimension. Like, you know, expression, music's just one part of it. And I feel like there's so much more to that expression. That's sort of what I want to discover. And I feel like there's an aspect about coming into balance, both your human self, your expressive self, your sacred self. And I felt like before I was sort of delusional to sort of just like think that I'm just the spiritual self and that spiritual self can be contained by that name. Because the, at the end of the day, like even how I express it is limited by my human experience. Eh? So more, it's more of coming into or like accepting that you're everything. You're, there's so many parts of you that you have to sort of like breathe life into. And before I was sort of just so focused on one aspect. And I feel like yeah, I've overlooked so many parts of myself by creating this sort of like identity. And what I've been thinking about and pondering upon lately is like, you know, going against your identity or moving away from identity and just like, you know, owning everything you feel or expressing yourself outside of that. Like, why do I have to express myself as an artist that's also Jorge? Like, I feel like it's so much more freeing if people just appreciate the artwork for itself, which is so hard because we live in a world where people are always asking, who made this? Tapos, like, there's so many uh, affiliations and associations and meaning when it's, oh, si Jorge Gumuanyan. So, malamang, if someone knows me as someone that's sort of, like, anti-establishment example, they'll be like, ah, okay, it probably means that he's taking a hit at the industry, blah, blah, blah. But what if I just wanted to say that this is how I felt today. This is me crying into a pillow. You don't have to put any other thing. Just listen to it and whatever you feel, yun na yun. 
stuff like that. It's like there's so many ways that, that my work has been colored by me, like people's understanding of me. And I wanted to move away from that also. Did quarantine play a part in all this? I mean, like, I know that this decision is sort of a culmination of, like, frustrations and experiences that you've felt over the course of the past few years, but also, like, did quarantine uh, have a hand in I feel like I've always felt this, even pre-COVID. Like, even the, yeah, I've always thought about it pre-COVID. Like, I've actually had a project that I've been working on for three years that was trying to wrap this up. But COVID sort of, like, gave me so much more time to think about it. So, yeah, definitely COVID, um allowed me the time to really like assess and you know away from any other people there's so much time to think at home so definitely there seems to be this thing happening in the music scene at large i don't know where because the gig circuit is just like not operating the same way that it used to pre-covid people are just like saying goodbye to a lot of things you know either embracing their musicianhood in different ways or like just letting it go because it has nowhere to go that's the thing that's been happening have you seen that happen also like i feel that it's happening but i feel like for me it's different like people think it's sad like we're getting a lot of messages part of the reason why i approached ethos is i knew people would ask questions and i didn't want to answer i just wanted to send them this link because I felt like this is it. Eh? This is all of it wrapped up. But I feel like it's a happy ending for me. It's like I'm inspired. It might not seem like it, but I'm, I'm inspired. It's like I've been in this on and off period where I wake up in the morning, I practice piano drills, I practice vocal drills, but I have no idea what to do with those skills that I'm building. I just know that I want to build skills. I want to learn new things. With the saying goodbye to similar objects, it's like just me giving space, giving room for something else to grow. Because I feel like there's something growing inside of me. I just need to make a new container for it. So yeah, and like, I just feel so inclined to learn new things. I've been like studying game dev, studying coding, instrument playing again. I like the idea that I don't have to write. I don't feel like I have to put it somewhere. If you put it into a sort of game perspective, I'm just leveling up and leveling up. I don't even know if there's a boss battle at the end of it. I just want to enjoy the process again because my music has become sort of so depressing to me. I mean, I did get diagnosed with bipolar to the past few years and I've been sort of like feeling a lot of depression in the past three to four years. So I feel like that it makes sense that the music feels that way when people listen to it. They're like, they feel some pain. And sometimes that's the only way for me to express it in that, in that form before. But I feel like learning how to sort of like, what do you call this, expand the vocabulary, not just with music, maybe learning like other things. Like I've been like looking into like animation, like 3D and all of these other mediums that I can sort of use to express it in a, in a better way. So yun lang, it's like, I don't know what, where I'm going. I've said, I've said goodbye to things and I've see, I see a lot of people sort of like looking towards it that way. But I feel like this one's different because it's like, it's not because I don't see it going anywhere. I just feel like tapos na siya. Similar objects is done. And I feel like a lot of it is like just case studies like a lot of my old work is case studies and like futile attempts and trying to explain or express what I feel. But I, I don't think it's as close as to what I hear in my head talaga. I'm trying to get as close as possible to that, to what I can hear and what I see and what I feel. So I want people to feel those things like the, in the best way possible. I mean, I'm really happy for you, dude. Like like you said, you're, you're leveling up. It's kind of like putting skill points in the skill tree. I don't know where the branches. I don't know where that's going, but that looks fun. Is this a game, another gaming reference? I'm just missing it. Sorry. I'm <laughs> bubble shooter and gotcha games. But I love that you kind of clarified it as something that you feel happy about. I think people can't help but feel kind of sad or, yeah. you know, disappointed maybe. I don't know. Um, seeing this play out. But it's so 
mm, inspiring, I guess, or just like it's just it's very human to hear that you're just embracing this like transformative power and just like taking it wherever you want to go with it. Exactly. A lot of people actually like to, to sort of clarify. A lot of people are mad. Na parang oh shit, ni ka ba nasasayangan? They're like sayang naman, and I'm like, I feel like it's nothing really sayang. I feel like I could express myself better soon. I think some people are worried about like, oh, what are you gonna do with your Instagram? Like someone DM me like trying to buy my Instagram too. It's like I don't get it. That's it's weird. Like, I, I guess a lot of a lot of people have different ideas about why people create. Some people are like, "Oh, you you you've gotten this amount of followers, which is not actually a lot if you compare it to the I don't know the James Reed or some shit. It's nothing." But I, t- I tell them at the end of the day, I don't really look at it like that. Eh? I mean, I respect how people like the idea. Some people make because they want to be famous or known or heard. I go like, if it mind boggles you why I don't try to get people's attention, that's fine. But for me. Sometimes, pag ginawa ko yung music, that's enough. If I manage to sort of put my feelings or my strong feelings into that sort of piece of music, that's enough for me. So for some people, they're like, shit, sayang yung work. All your work, all this stuff that's attached to you, all of these like achievements. And I feel like they're just achievements. I mean, I never really intended to be... A lot of people are saying, oh, you built so much with your name. It's like, sometimes hindi ko inintend yun eh. I guess it's a matter of different priorities or how yeah. people assign value, right? Yeah, totoo. Which I guess I can understand because, shepherd in art, in any creative industry, those values can seem so arbitrary almost at times that people don't know what kind of reward they're supposed to expect for X amount of effort. And I guess people look to you as somebody who has, you know, who has made it, who has continued to make it. And I guess... I don't know. It seems a little silly, I guess, because it's also none of their business. <laughs> like, it's yours. Um, but people, because they value your work, because they set your work to like a specific standard, like they can't help but feel confused, I guess. So I hope that they take some new learning from this whole thing, like which is like a very personal journey for you. Yeah. It's interesting not to hear some people's thoughts about it, like some close friends or some friends would tell me, it's like, do you think you'll be getting the same opportunities like away from the name? And I feel like I don't care. I feel like at the end of the day, if they look at the source of similar objects, whatever I was doing there, whatever skills, whatever, you know, like credit I've gotten or like achievement, it's still attached to me at the end of the day. And it's like, I feel like I can even do better. So, but I also have this confidence about being able to like exceed whatever I've done before. And a lot of people are scared about that. It's like, they're like, kaya mo ba talaga? It's like, and it's like, I don't really. I don't think about it too much. It's like, basta ako masaya okay now. Your last two performances, um, I believe, were the uh, the serious stream for uh, Copy Records, right? And the Solipsism show for MechaFest. I regret being unable to attend, but I'm absolutely certain that the show was a trip and that people were wiling out. What I want to know is what was going on in your head. Like, what, were, what was going on in your head when you were uh, having these shows um, as similar objects? Were you, like, mentally bifurcating the timeline of your life like uh, after this a new chapter has begun parang ganun it's like solipsism was a combination of a lot of things I wanted to do with similar objects but I was able to sort of like squeeze them all into a 30 minute set so it's like me telling people this is how I feel this is how I hear because a lot of people have ideas of what similar objects is based on sound Oh, they're like, oh, I liked his like era when he was making future R&B. Sometimes they're like, oh, I liked it when he was lo-fi. But all of those are like attempts at trying to get at what, what's in front of them now, which is the solip- solipsism sound. I feel like a lot of people are like, ano to? Like when they, when, listen, when they listen to that and they come from 
when they're sort of day one listeners, they're like, this is not him. But in actuality, that's that's what I've been trying to communicate all of these years. It's just ngayon lang lumabas. So there's like a shedding. When you said shedding, that's exactly it. It's like solipsism. There's a lot of themes of like, you know, like there's videos there, like me turning, um, me shaving my head into like a performance art sort of piece. But also like going away from identity, going away from the physical self, going into like a digital world or moving away from like your actual identity now and like, you know, finding an avatar, a new avatar, a new representation. Yeah, so my feelings talaga is to communicate that na parang this is the pain that I've been feeling for the past three to four years. I want you to see what I'm going through because I, I honestly feel like I suck at explaining what I'm going through and music is the best way for me to like explain it. I know that sounds cheesy. That's on some like Disney or maybe like a Disney show thing. But ganun talaga naramdaman ko. It's like, if I let you listen to this, you will get it. Parang ganun yung feeling ko. It was the same with solipsism. Like, I had all of these like visual ideas that I've had throughout the years connected to those pieces of work. Like themes of like decay, rotting of the digital world, rotting of the digital self, horror, pain, anguish, despair. But also in the end, like the breaking away from yourself and being reborn or like, so the the performance starts like a sort of satire meditation. It's like a guided meditation and I'm doing like a improvised synth ambient jam as an intro. So there are these bookends. So it feels like I'm taking you on a guided meditation and the actual performance is you meditating or you in this like, sort of space. So a lot of people like in the start and in the end, they're like, shit, like I feel like I'm tripping because it was meant to be like that. It was, like, it was meant to sort of like bring you to a different place. Um, there are also lots of like moments where you feel like you're out of your body because it's like a, I filmed some of it in VR, putting you, the, 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 the viewer, into a first person perspective. So there's, there's concepts of what's beyond um, your body, what's beyond yourself. There are some instances that are sort of similar to like Enter the Void, you know, in Enter the Void. I don't know if this is, if we're allowed to talk about spoilers here, but there are parts about when you're outside of your body in Enter the Void, it's sort of based on um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So that was also like one of the inspirations of it, actually. Let me see if I can pull up my, I had like a mood board for it. Hold up, is that like a movie or a... Enter the Void is a movie. Ah, okay, okay. I was going to say, I have no idea what it is either. <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to pull up like this concept board that I used with that. Because so, that time I edited the video for me, I shot everything. But yeah, I just like I just vomited all my ideas. I constantly have these ideas sometimes, like when I'm pooping or when I'm eating breakfast. And it's like, if I don't write them down, they disappear. And I, and I feel like they're kind of like fishes. It's like you have to catch them when they're there. So in the frame of mind of this final performance, there's a lot of like fishes that keep on appearing in different times of the year. And I've just been writing them down. And then when the moment appeared to me for me to sort of put it into a performance, I already had like a list of stuff. Na parang this is what I want to say. So yeah, and parang they all sort of like have that same energy of like going towards that performance. So it's interesting for me to see all of the things that I wanted to do in one go. So ganun siya. So yeah, and I don't know I don't know what else to say, but it's like it's there's definitely themes about like letting go, uh, breaking free. Yeah. The performance is the way it is because you've dutifully done the work of like gathering these ideas before they could get away from you and like connecting it to the experiences that linger inside you and that's why it sounds like that okay i would like to speak to you about a lot of the work that you've accomplished throughout the years um as as similar objects but also like as yourself because i know it is you and i can't understand people who are like that's not you and uh i i ask these questions at the risk of like i don't know 
Um, when you were speaking about the expectations that people put on you, I say these not to place expectation uh, or to put anybody on pedestals. I, I, I just would like to ask genuinely about your view of the artistry behind some of the things you've done. So technology has always played a big part in your work, right? The manipulation of it. Can you tell me about how your fascination with technology and attraction to virtual worlds began? I mean, like, this was something that you've been doing since kind of like, just since years ago. But I remember when I interviewed you for Rara Avis, and it was like a video game that you were doing. So, like, what is that, this, this fascination with pixels and data and digital worlds? I feel like as a child, like, my parents were always, like, puzzled by the internet, puzzled by computers. And so they sort of like, I was like that kid that they would always put in front of the computer for them to figure things out. They'll, they'll plop me on the laptop or on the desktop back then and be like, Ikaw na bahala, like, learn that. So all of that stuff, like I've been exposed to like, you know, Napster, MIRC, all of these like IRC chats and then like all of these avatar chats. So eventually video games, MS-DOS games, I'd buy them on diskettes. And those are all sort of like just coded like with like different programming languages. These, these sort of things always like, fascinated me in a way because it's like they're virtual worlds and they're immersive and technically anyone can create them if they figure out how to like code how to like you know the programming languages behind them i feel like i was just always i'm a kid that grew up on the internet i'm a kid who grew up in front of like consoles and um computers so definitely like there's something there it's like it just reminds me of my childhood i don't think i've ever like lived away from a machine <laughs> So all of these ideas of like growing with the machine and teaching the machines how to interact with us and how we can interact with machines. That's why it always fascinates me, AI or like living alongside technology, complementing each other. Would you say that your approach to technology is connected to the position you've taken towards uh, power structures in the music industry? I mean, the ideas that are orbit around that, like big data, social media encounters. Definitely, yeah. It's always informed by, I guess, I think this is different. Like some people look at AI and all of these machines and all of these coding stuff as something like like a hype buzzword or a concept. But for me, it always has to be communicating what you're experiencing, actually. It's like like away from just like AI being such a buzzword and such a um, forward-thinking concept. I feel like there are concepts that make it personal and introspective as well, like what's beyond it like not just like ai as like making you know like ai as like a gimmick ai as something that's here to stay AI that's something that you can learn from and you can teach also how to how to humanize that as well i think the interdependence of the two also like the interdependence of machine and human is important to me ghost in the shell yeah i would like to speak to you as well about some of the notable projects that you've been up to the past few years, and I suppose um, these are Manila Community Radio and Club Matryoshka, which do different things but kind of share DNA, right? Like these platforms, by deviating from the norm, question um, the way, the status quo of how music is distributed and communicated. How do you view these platforms and kind of the power structures they interrogate, and how do you situate yourself in all of these things? A lot of my projects are actually like responses to the my frustrations, personal and like the things I experienced. Like, I guess you could start with let's say Bon Bon. Bon Bon was a response to how there was no space for musicians like me back then, because I always felt othered and rejected by scenes. Like back in the early electronic scene, parang if you don't know a certain person, hindi ka pa kasama sa barkada, you can't 
you can't sit with us, parang ganon. And I felt like I wanted everyone to be able to sort of sit together if they they like the same things or make the same things or it just felt so exclusive and I wanted to make things that are more inclusive in the same way that sort of spirit sort of bled out to like Club Matryoshka, like being inclusive on a different level. A lot of my ideas are things that people said that 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 reality can't happen, that reality can't be. And I always felt like deep down inside, so with Club Matryoshka, it's like uh, people were always saying, you can't create a venue that plays this kind of music that, you know, has this sort of aesthetic or just has this sort of like the freeness to it. But I felt like it could. Like a lot of these ideas are things that I intuitively feel like or instinctively feel like could happen. And I just go with it, go with my gut. I just don't give up on that sort of feeling that's there. And it's also, these are things that excite me. I mean, if you can, if I can pin down anything that brought me here, it's always like my excitement. I mean, you can call it excitement, but I feel like it's just like, I feel like a vibration. It's just such a high vibration and I just go with that. It sounds woo-woo, but it's like, it's like, I feel like in, in my gut, I have to do this. And all of these projects, like they feel that way. I sort of trained myself over the years to understand if it's just like an infatuation with an idea or if it's something I feel long-term or being able to distinguish whether or not that it's a real feeling for me. It's something that comes with time also. So yeah, like a lot of these projects are definitely like drawing from my own personal experiences. So how I feel about power structures, a lot of them are like, for me, flawed. Because there's there's always like a gatekeeper, there's always like a centralized power authority that tells you what what can work and what can't. And some of these systems are not even created by the people who use them. So it's like, I mean, music industry stuff, like you, you have people that make the music, make the art, but they only get like tiny fraction of the royalties example. Like, I know people that make the music, but if you think about it, it's like 100% of that creative power comes from the people that write it, that make it. And suddenly, why why is it like, baliktad, 7% lang nakukuha nila, or minsan 20% lang. But without them, these labels wouldn't exist. Example, labels lang. So radio naman, it's like, everything's so the same. If you listen to like FM, traditional radio, Everything is the same. And then it's always tied to major labels. Like there's like the ideas of payola. I'm not even sure if payola still exists, but those concepts like have grown on me when I was growing up. Like ideas like there are songs that are only popular in the Philippines. There are artists that are only popular in the Philippines because of these things. I mean, I've, I've read a bunch of papers on it where, example, this is one, one Stephen Speaks song is only popular in the Philippines. Stuff like that. It makes you think, like, some people are calling the shots. There's some sort of really weird power and control games also in these sort of, like, spaces or platforms that were built for creatives. And I was in high school, I was really into, I had this teenage angst that poured into punk. And I guess that sort of, like, poured into, like, all of these other projects, like, seeing that punk spirit going against the system. But before, it was like there was a going against the system just for the sake of it. But you start when you start to get older and wiser, you start to ask the proper questions surrounding that sort of feeling. Like, what am I actually going against? Or like, why am I going against this? Is it because it's a punk thing? Or is it because you actually feel like there's some injustices that you want to fix? Or, I mean, I guess some people will be like, Dangina, you're just an artist. Like, what can you fix? Like, a lot of people are like that sometimes. But it's like, I feel like, wala, yun yung nararamdaman ko. Like, I feel like there's something I can do. And I feel like if I'm the only person who feels that way, might as well go with it. I was reading the article that Enzo Escobar wrote for Out of Print on Manila Community Radio. And one thing that I found out there was that you, y'all actually, like, are extra mindful of the gender parity that comes with um, 
getting contributors and people to to be on air and i thought that was really cool because you don't see other people yeah definitely yeah i feel like i wanted the space to be flat and then like i mean the platform to be flat and even the way we do the sessions we have to like take into consideration everyone it's like i feel like not a lot of platforms do that even in one one before when we program the festivals of fet or when we do our stages i want to keep it in mind that there are people that we have to cater to we have to platform especially if we're in a position where we can actually platform people So in Manila Community Radio, we always think about these things. We ask these questions. Are we just platforming our friends? Are we just platforming straight dudes? I think th- these are things that even traditional radio should think about, not just as an aesthetic or not just to be relevant, but something to internalize talaga because you want to create that sort of like vision of the future. That's how I feel like things have to be, not things out of just keeping up. And I think that's something that we try to do. It's, we struggle with it because sometimes it's talaga. Like You have people that, you know, like, Parang sometimes it's so hard. It's just so hard to like contact people. Sometimes just like being able to sort of get people to actually trust the platform is also hard. There's so many dynamics. But for me, at the end of the day, it's important that we try. We keep on trying. We don't give up and we don't say like, ah, ganyan talaga. I, I don't like that. I think it's a Pinoy thing where, ah, ganyan na talaga dati pa. And then they don't do anything about it. Yeah. But I feel like if, you, if you're there, I mean, nakikita mo na eh. Nakikita mo na na kaya mo baguhin eh. Baguhin mo na. I'm thinking a lot about what you said about um, are we just platforming our friends? Are we just platforming straight dudes? And this is something that um, I've kind of uh, self-flagellated about as well. Like at some point, you know, you you start asking yourself, am I in a community or am I just with my barcada? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the same venue. Um, Am I just with my homies and am I um, overestimating Uh, their place in a larger uh, tapestry of creatives and musicians. On that note, I was thinking that I really appreciate that the work and the, I guess, even the philosophy put into these these projects, these spaces, isn't just about, you know, like uplifting the communities you're already a part of um, or that you're already aware of, but like opening it up even further, um, reaching out to other people who you might not even have considered or giving yeah. them that space to reach back to you instead. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people would put that kind of thing into consideration. Yeah. Whenever I think about it like that, because like with my projects, I just want to create the things I want to see. Like if it's music, I want to create what I want to hear. If it's a radio station, it's like, what's an ideal radio show? What's my dream radio platform? And for me, it's something that's like really digs. Like I don't feel like a lot of people have the passion to dig for stuff. Like they, they get what's there. And and I guess everyone has different motivations and it's valid. Some people want to be known as, uh, they want to do it for the glory. And I guess, some people want to do it for the for what they're creating, what, what sort of thing they're paving the way for something. So And I feel like also what Jam said, valid din yun eh. Kasi parang sometimes in society, parang that's what they train us to do. Like be close to your friends or like pakikisama. But I guess for me, the reason why it's different is because I've, I'm sort of nomadic in terms of groups of friends. Like a lot of my friends that I grew up with are either alienated by me, by my interests, or they just think that I'm weird. So parang, I'm sanay na ako to sort of just like leave groups, leave friend groups. And if you ask me, the only constant is my music friends because I feel like sila yung nakakaintindi sa akin the most eh. And I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. It's like my favorite people in the world are always like connected to art, connected to music. And they're, they're people I've met because of my projects. Same people with the same values. 
And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like, you know, trimming the fat, but not really burning bridges. So just like leaving the ones that don't understand you. So for me, I'm so used to sort of honing into like people because of music, because of art. So parang that's where that's where I operate now from. And my I guess my, my core group is all musicians. I don't I don't really hang out with like my high school friends or grade school friends, even college friends, but they don't keep in touch anymore. And for me, that's okay. Like filling myself, my life. I look at it from a very, what do you call this? Feng shui bayon, where it's like you, the things in your room should always add value to you, or like kung wala na good energy or it's dead energy, throw it away. I mean, that's that's pretty harsh as an analogy for people, but gets my own. It's like yeah, that's what they used to say. I feel that. Parang it's not so much about being functional, but being value adding. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can have them any mga. What do you call those? Mga low maintenance relationships as well. But like, if you'd prefer to dig deep, to be surrounded by people who you can like, you know, bounce your energy, your ideas off of each other, then it's very important. I feel because a lot of these ideas, like I've been doing, like a lot of these projects, parang throughout the years, people would say, "You can't do this, right?" I, I already mentioned it earlier, but suddenly you just shift the people you're around suddenly instead of feeling discouraged you feel empowered it's it's powerful being surrounded by people that get it being surrounded at least with people that believe in you and want you to succeed ibang iba siya now i feel like nothing is impossible talaga before i used to feel like that's just a statement that i want to cling on to but now i do feel like nothing is impossible hell yeah dude yeah yeah so you've also always had sort of an esoteric approach towards your work and i suppose uh, your relationships and the way you articulate your artistry, consciousness, yeah. cosmic awareness, that sort of stuff. Um, I'd like to ask, how do you encounter the esoteric, the mystical, the cosmic in art and in your everyday life? It's crazy because sometimes I have, I have this like trust with everything I'm doing. I feel like at the end of the day, I always know things will work out. I don't know. It's like whenever I explain it, I tell people it's like jazz. It's like everything is unknown to you, but it's like at the at the back of your head, your higher self knows it already. You know that you're heading towards somewhere. And you know, are you familiar with Bill Evans? Bill Evans like has this one video that I always go back to. He talks about jazz not being a genre of music, but jazz being a style, a lifestyle, where you sort of, it encompasses everything that you can do, all of your skills, all of your strengths, and you push yourself into any situation and you channel that. You channel everything you can do. You channel all your expressions and your emotions into one moment and that's jazz for him i feel like it's the same with bruce lee and i i sort of connect with those people it's like they're also people that sort of like not look at life as just something hedonistic and they also tap into the unknown tap into the cosmic so for me it's like a lot of it is like i encounter a lot of the unknown a lot of the cosmic when i meditate and i have a strong practice of meditation every day being able to understand feelings being able to understand what you feel what you want in a certain moment and sort of with my music, things just like align, like in patterns. It's like in the patterns of what I do. I don't know. It's like I do something and I feel like I see something. I see a message. I see a pattern. I see, I just trust that. There's some sort of like surrender to what I'm creating. Surrender to the higher self. It sounds woo-woo, but it's like And it always just feels like I'm so sure of it when it's there. Some people have watched me make music and they're like, they don't know what I'm doing. But it's like, there's sort of a randomness to it. You're taming chaos. You're controlling the randomness of things. That's sort of like, I see it in nature. It's like you look at nature and suddenly there's a face staring at you from a bark of a tree. Parang ganun siya for me. Like all of these things are around us already. You're just sort of like trying to like put it into form. That reminds me of uh, um, when it comes to writing. I forget 
which poet said this. I want to attribute it to Louise Glick, but I'm not sure. She said something like, when it comes to writing, you're not making the words because the perfect words are already there. All you have to do is find them. So I I guess it's like finding, you know, like you're not not literally synthesizing the matter. You're just like looking for the stuff and putting it together. Oh, no, sort of related to that, almost the same thing. But there's a quote by Linda Gregg. Is this what you're thinking of? Which is, poetry is at its best found rather than written. Oh, shit. Maybe that's her. <laughs> yeah. I super relate to that, yeah. Galing, galing. I don't know. Like, I think my best work is when I don't think about it too much. It's like, so many people think that it's okay to make like stuff like that. Like, you sit down today and I want to make an R&B song. But for me, my best work is when you sit down and just like breathe. It's like, I feel like you just sit down and you know it. It's like, you're just channeling yourself and it feels like it's writing itself. You can tell because it's like automatic. Siya. Like the flow long. Siya. There are moments say, when I feel like, shit, it's so calculated. It's so rigid. It's so stiff. But there are moments where you feel like you're just like singing. You're just like, you know, dancing with your music. I know it sounds like I'm super romanticizing the idea, but that's the feeling. Eh. I wish my creative process was like this. Like, damn, I gotta remind myself to breathe as well. Yeah, to just let it flow. But it's a rare feeling. Eh? That's, and I haven't felt that after for after a while. So that's why that's why I sort of felt like because it's like I'd feel this divine spark before and I don't feel it anymore. Like after these last few pieces of work that I made. Gotta go out and find it again. And something else. Totoo. I just deeply appreciate how attuned you are to all of these things and just how open you are to all of them. Like, just like just let it happen. And yeah. it's going to happen. That's like a, a faith I don't possess myself. So I'm kind of just like marveling at that. <laughs> Weird, Shay. But it's kind of like, I think a basic thing would be if you lose your keys. But sometimes you lose your car keys or your house keys and you don't know where it is. Then when you stop looking for it, suddenly you can see it. That's sort of how it is on a, on a bigger scale. I feel that way for so many things. And I laugh at myself when it's like, shit, I don't want to believe. Because a lot of people are like, gonna, like Hori, you trust too much. Parang, they feel like I blow out the idea. It's like I exaggerate this whole idea of cosmic consciousness. But talaga, it's like it's either I have like extreme luck, I'm just lucky, or yun, or I don't know, law of attraction. It could be so many other things. But there's always moments like that, that parang, what the fuck that happened? What the fuck that happened? And I'm like, okay, I don't question it anymore. I just like, trust it. I will say what an old friend once told me is that when you lose something, it will always be in the last place that you look. Because once you find it, you stop looking. I think it's so cool that you're obviously such a spiritual person, but you're also such a part of the world. I think it's important to be both because it's like I used to be one of those like look hippie people na, oh, no 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 like you know those like toxic positivity people I used to be one of those you really need to like understand everything like that you're part human and part spiritual and finding the balance in that because you can get delusional about all of these like spiritual concepts also and just like not put in the work we are human beings so there's a part that you have to like do stuff too I imagine you've imparted a lot of these insights and experiences as founder and director of and teacher at Cosmic Arts. Uh, I I don't know if a lot of people ask you about this. Probably not enough. What's it like being an educator, being a teacher? You know what? It's like, I think it's one of my hidden passions. Na parang shit, I, I enjoy teaching. Pala. I never thought about that. But maybe it draws from the, the idea that I was never given a mentor. 
And I always wanted a mentor figure before. And it's like, yeah, I just wanted to be able to sort of guide people because no one was guiding me in the start. And it's like, you, I've seen so many people like have mentors and I feel like, oh shit, am I not worthy of being mentored by someone that I admire? But suddenly it's like, instead of like, you know, worrying about that, I wanted to create like a different future for people who needed guidance. So, you know, and I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing people from not knowing how to create to being able to create and being able to be happy about what they're creating. It gives me a sense of joy. And I, I sometimes forget how many people have actually mentored because like ever since, I don't really keep tabs on it. I just do it. If it's in front of me, gagawin ko shut up. It's like next, next, next. And I've done it in, in CSB. I've done it in Cosmic Sonic Arts. I don't know. It's nice. I like seeing people succeed. A friend of mine told me, told another friend, they're like, it's strange, no? Who are so passionate about being passionate about friends? Na parang when I'm cheering on someone, it's like I really cheer on someone talaga. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm just a cheerleader. <laughs> I noticed that, man. That's really you. Like, you're you're the Kaveh Akbar of electronic music. Well, I'm a fan. At, at, at the end of the day, I'm a fan of things. And I, and I get excited about new things. And I think it also comes from me believing that I love seeing what people can do through sound or how they express themselves through sound because I feel like I'd understand them more through that than having a conversation with them or listening to their music is having a conversation with them that is deep. And I feel like I'm curious about how people express themselves that way because I, I can see more of them that way. Can I just say that like my first, like when I perceived you as like a real person, because I always knew who you were, right? Because your music was always around ever since. But also just the first time I was like, oh, okay, it was a Jorge slash Summer Objects was, was as an educator. Because like so many of my friends are people whose lives and musical careers have been touched by you. I, I can't remember exactly how we first met, but I definitely met you through either Andre or Javier, you know? And like, these are people who have enjoyed your mentorship and your friendship and who speak so highly of you as a person and as a teacher so like i feel like the first time i was really like you're a real person I was like oh or is this person who has meant so much to these people who mean so much to me um i think it's so it's really wonderful to be able to like concretely see your impact on these individuals and how they figure into like this larger ecosystem of music like i don't know it's cool to be able to draw those lines i kind of like making it Going back to how I'm just another person, like some people are like, oh, you're 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 this. I don't like this idea where I'm on a pedestal or that I'm higher than people because I always feel like anyone can do what I can do if they just like learn it or figure become so attuned with themselves. I mean, I don't think I'm super attuned with myself. I feel like there's a lot of work to be done, and I feel like I'm the student when I when I teach people. I feel like I'm learning, but I always try to. I think what separates me from other teachers, I I, I want them to do better than me. I believe that anyone could be better than me. Okay, so, oh boy, we'd like to move on to the next portion of the interview, which is the games. <laughs> um, we, have, we have one game. This is real quick, I promise. So this game, we only yeah, got around to naming it now. It's called Cut to the Feeling. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're just going to give you an emotion and you give us a song and or artist and or album that you listen to uh, when you're feeling that emotion. Helena and I will alternate but yeah, we'll just be like, what do you listen to when you're emotion? And then you just tell us what hits you. Okay. Okay, so you ready? G, G, G. G, okay. Jorge, what do you listen to when you're feeling happy? Hmm. Mariah Carey. Anything specific? Mine again, yeah. Nice. Um, what about when you're feeling nostalgic? 
The Beatles, A Day in the Life, or Claire de Lune. What do you listen to when you're feeling angry? Damn, Slipknot, <laughs> um, Wait and Bleed. Uh, what about when you're feeling celebratory? Damn, Hiromi Uehara's Joy. Yo, Hiromi Uehara. Uh, what do you listen to while you're meditating, if you put music on while you're meditating at all? Is meditating a feeling? When I'm meditating, wala, silence. I prefer silence, yeah. Um, what do you listen to when you're feeling uninspired? Igloo Ghost, like Clear Tame. What do you listen to when you're feeling playful? Giant Claw, Soft Channel. What do you listen to when you're feeling sexy? Oh, shit. Alina Baraz. <laughs> what do you listen to? This isn't even a feeling. Like from video games. Two strikes gonna. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Video games? Yeah. Final Fantasy soundtrack or Chrono Cross soundtrack? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> and finally, what do you listen to when you're feeling new? When you feel like you're becoming a new person? Damn. Telephone Tel Aviv, um, Fahrenheit, fair enough. Ooh, shit. I love it. Okay, great. You won, man. This is a great playlist. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna, I know, I'm gonna look all of those up later. Um, but wait and bleed, that's always a good one. Okay, so... That was our very fast lightning round game. <laughs> thank you for participating. Thank you. Thank you for playing. <laughs> so, I want to ask my friend, how is your relationship with art uh, in this time of quarantine? Um, has it changed? Um, how has it sort of uh, moved in your life or is sitting in your life at this time? I feel like the quarantine empowered me a lot. I feel like I, kn- I know more my place and definitely the internet has welcomed me more during the quarantine. And sort of I've, I'm growing more into this idea where it's not so attached to a geographic place. And it th- has affirmed a lot of my ideas before and my gut feelings about how... There's a place for my music, despite people, n- all the naysayers growing up saying that, oh, your music is like weird. No one's going to love it. No one's going to like it. There's no place for your music. And the quarantine has sort of like already like, you know, reaffirmed concepts like that or like sort of like slapped away those ideas. Like, oh, hindi yung So for me, I feel like exponentially my music and my relationship with art has grown over the quarantine and learning more about it actually. And like, you know, just sort of like embracing that not being sort of like you know kicking the doubts in the ass and stuff yeah over the course of the episodes we've done we've noticed just like that we get different effects from different artists like some people feel like their relationship with art has suffered some people um they feel like their relationship with their art has developed into something more beautiful i guess part of what we do with the space we're given with the opportunity of reflection just to clarify i suppose i should have asked this earlier is there a new stage name in the works or will Jorge be the true name that you will be going with from this point on? Actually, I never thought about it that far. It's like, I felt like a lot of people are asking me, so nang, like, some people know me and they're like, oh, knowing you, may nakakasana yan. And I'm like, no, there's nothing like up next. And I've never thought about it yet, like using my name or using no name. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going with the flow. I'm just jazzing it up. <laughs> Honestly, improvising. This might be a trite question uh, after everything else you've already talked about, but are you going to miss similar objects? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like looking back at your younger self and being like, shit, I miss making mistakes. I miss being young and dumb. I miss, like, you know, all the teenage angst. So definitely, uh, I will miss it. There's definitely a lot of memories attached to it. So definitely, like, um, Actually, during the performance, I was getting a bit emotional when everyone... There was a moment in the Mecca Fest 
where everyone was just like spamming the chat and saying like, oh, I love you, saying all their thank yous. And I don't know, it's like, I didn't expect to be crying at the show, but I was definitely moved by everyone. Man, I mean, I'm going to miss it too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's it's just, parang these are two feelings that can coexist in each other. You can be happy for someone who is making a change in their life, but also mm-hmm. miss the person that you knew them as. Like, it's, yeah. it's fine to do both. I mean, I know we touched on this, but like, what are you looking forward to? I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to like, you know, if I wake up tomorrow morning and I feel like, you know, reading a book or taking it easy, I feel like I haven't. I haven't taken it easy in a while. I haven't vibed, just straight up vibed in a while. And I feel like that's part of it. Like not not creating art is also creating art, I feel. Not, not making music is making music. And it's crazy how I just want to zone into that, being a human again, being a sponge, being being alive. I just feel like I'm looking forward to that, just living life every day, like spending time with friends, um, talking to people, goofing around. You know, listening to all kinds of music, not just the music that's expected of me. And also, like, I'm also looking forward to life offline. It's like, I feel like we're so attached to our devices, our accounts, our, our internet selves. And I feel like we, we've lost touch with ourselves. And nothing is a secret anymore. Nothing is sacred anymore. And I feel like I'm looking for that. I'm hoping to sort of, like, make my life sacred again, making things, doing things in private. And I feel like that's so powerful, not having to compare yourself with anyone else. I've done experiments like where I take off from online. And I guess some people notice, oh, why is he always deleting? Some people get worried. They message me in different platforms. Oh, where's your Instagram? Where's your Twitter? I just tell them I'm fine. It's like I'm doing an experiment. I look forward to these things. Being away from online has helped me mentally. And I realize, yeah, like... That's I, I think that's how I want to be. It's I want to be away from all of these platforms where they pit us up against each other in some sort of like race or hierarchy. Who gets the blue check first? Who has the most followers? And I'm looking forward to that, being away from that. And it sort of gives me lots of peace to be away from these things. I think that, you know, you, you possess a faith that inspires faith. Um, and by saying that, I mean that I completely believe that you're going to find whatever it is that you're meant to be doing next, like in whatever form that will take. Thank you. Like you said that, you know, not making music is also music. Like ngayon pa lang, you're already on the way there, right? Even if you've already let go of similar objects, you're already on the way to whatever the next thing is. And I'm just so excited to see it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No matter how long it takes. I said, no pressure. Just like, do whatever you're going to do. Yeah, and man. Do we're going to be here when it's here. Something to add lang. I feel like, you know, the idea of releasing has eaten up the idea of expressing. Sometimes, inahabol natin. As a musician, inahabol natin yung idea na kailangan mo mag-release ng something. To the point na, are you actually feeling like you want to write? Sometimes you, you lose the idea na, am I inspired or am I forcing it? And that the idea or knowing how to discern if you're actually inspired and you're just forcing it for a release or a deadline. Very powerful. I miss that. I miss the waking up. I feel like you also have to like give yourself time to be bored. I read a book somewhere about that. It's like being giving yourself space to be bored is one of the best ways to get inspired, to get creative. And I haven't done that because I've been everyone knows me as someone that's always working on something, always like, you know, forcing themselves like we're addicted to work. And I feel like that's sort of what's eating me up too. And you, you burn out quicker. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just doing a lot of nothing. <laughs> Love that for you. We wish you luck, Jorge. Thank you so much for kicking it with us today. We really thank appreciate it. Thank you for inviting it. me. That was super fun. It just felt like 
Well, well, it doesn't even feel like we're on a show. It just feels like we're hanging out. Talaga. Dude, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I hope we get to hang out for real, for real sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. Soon, soon, soon. Next time, kape tayo. Yeah. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you want to plug? Like, will people be able to find you on the similar objects platforms for the foreseeable future? Or should they look for you somewhere else? Or should they not look for you? Um, this is the last year that I'll be using those accounts. And I still have, like, one last project that's gonna be out. Um, not sure if I should announce it. But th- basically, it's like, if you're a fan of all of the work, you can get all of that in one go. Okay, so being lang, like, I don't mind saying it. I mean, this is the only place I think I'm going to announce this. So I've been working on a video game for three years and on and off. Oh, my God. This is the one video game I'm going to play. And I think I'm releasing it in October, finally. And I think that's the, that's the main sort of like send off. Also like a digital grave, a tombstone for myself. So, yeah, look out for that. That's the only thing maybe. And if you if people want to, not a lot of people have read Acquiescence yet. So I invite people to read it. All of these people that have sort of like perceptions of like why or want to understand, get to the bottom of why I'm ending this. I think that's the best way to understand why similar objects is being put to an end. All right. Fuck. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much um, for sharing all of that. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thanks, Jam. Thanks, Helena. In the intro, I was saying that I'm not into gaming, and I take that all back now that I know that Horace is coming out with his own video game. Watch me transform myself into a gamer. We didn't get to ask him about the platform or the console, but like whatever it is, that's the one you should get. I'm gonna become like an expert. I'm gonna become like a shut in, and that's all I'm gonna do with my time. Like fuck figure skating. <laughs> this is where it's at. Instead of figure skating, IG stories. It'll be Twitch streams. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'd be like, Helena, who are you? <laughs> well, that's a me I have no conception of. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> I mean, who knows what anyone will become, who, who we will become. No. Which is like both exciting and terrifying at the same time. And I love that Jorge has just like completely surrendered himself to that. He's like, yeah, anything could happen from here. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> but also really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, who does that? You know? I think that's that's part of what was so interesting for me to kind of... When I first saw the announcement that he was going to be closing similar objects. Nah, and I mentioned this in the interview. Like, this idea that he was so willing to leave it behind. You know? This thing that he had built up for so long. Um, which people have tied so closely to him. And for him, it's just like... Not that it's nothing to let it go, but he's like, he's making this choice and he's sticking with it. Like, I'm not, like, not to close the door on it, but I'm not, like, expecting, like, a similar objects return show in the future or anything like that, you know? Because he's closing this door so he can open himself up to so many others. Our conversation with Jorge reminded me of a lot of the conversations I've had with friends before when in situations where, like, they are in a job they're unhappy in or I'm in a job that I'm unhappy in and the advice that I end up hearing and end up giving most of the time is you don't really need to have an exit strategy right now. Like, you don't really have to know where you're going to go after. But if you're unhappy and you want to get out, you can get out now and you'll probably figure shit out from there. So I feel like that was kind of the same situation with Jorge, you know what I mean? Yeah, but also, like, I'm not sure I can fathom that for myself, you know? Um, And it's, 
and I felt it was so illuminating to get to hear about his process, like behind all of this. Just the what am I saying? Sorry, like the steps he took, um, and the time he took with those steps to arrive at this decision, and I don't know. It feels it feels almost right in a way, in as much as like we're not like super tight. I haven't gotten to have like a close inside look at his work over the years or anything like that. I guess you can just tell how sincere he is about all of this. Nah, he's given all he can uh, to this work and now he's not going to, you know? Does that make sense? Like, He clearly knows why he's leaving. He clearly knows the reasons behind him hanging up the mantle. Usually when someone is eager or ready to disavow a thing or say goodbye a thing, say goodbye to a thing, they're just like, I'm going to run away from it with no explanation. But that's one thing. It's another thing to be like, I'm going, and this is why. I mean, you're free to go, but you got to know why you're going. You know what I mean? You don't have to know where you're going, but you got to know why. I think that's the caveat. We always like, it's like a meme now, no? When people say like, oh, I contain multitudes. But I'm like, he really does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of multitudes... Aside from the fact that we contain them, <laughs> um, there is also the external multitude, no? Because, like, the conversation, the conversation that we had, Jorge was mentioning these perceptions um, that were, like, heavy on his shoulders. And those are the multitudes of people who look at you in a certain type of way. And the way they look at you doesn't align with the way you want to be seen or the way you look at yourself. The the reference that I have, the thing that I was thinking about when we were um, in the middle of the interview, I just didn't bring it up because I felt like I would derail too much, was Orphan Black. Like, have you ever watched Orphan Black? I love that shit. I have it. Okay, it's one of my favorite TV series of all time. If I ever have children, I will name one of them after Tatiana Maslany. Anyway, because she's just so good. I mean, the whole premise is that she's like a... She's a clone, you know. Um, I almost said she's a British clone. That's not really important, but she's a clone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and she's a clone, although she doesn't know it. Like, the whole premise of, like, the first season is her finding out that she's a clone and then connecting with all of her, quote-unquote, sisters, um, who all look exactly like her, but they're all so different. And they're all played by Tatiana Masnani. So, you know, it's, like, just such a great kind of um, display of her acting chops. Um... And how she's able to display these like bonds of like sisterhood, womanhood, whatever, between all these different characters, even though she's all the she's the same person. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? A lot of the ideas that Orphan Black puts forward are about sameness, but also about difference and diversity, um, like nature versus nurture, etc. etc. And kind of this idea that Kaito they can all still come together in this whole unified thing, vision, mission even. I said vision, mission, or a girl. Anyway, um, sorry. There was a quote. It's actually like lifted from the title of this science novel, which I haven't read. It could have totally um, problematic science, beliefs, politics, whatever. I don't know. I'm just lifting it for the context of this conversation. Um, the book is called, and it was used as like an episode title, um, Endless Forms Most Beautiful. Um so I love that. First of all, very poetic for science. I'm not. I'm obviously not a science. Per, not a science person. But like um, this idea that there could be so many permutations of supposedly the same thing, but they can all be different because of circumstance, because of choice, um, because of whatever you know. 
and like that's like a big part of Orphan Black. But also, I was thinking about that um, during uh, you know when Jorge was talking about like just going forward, not knowing what he was going to do, but knowing it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That probably comes from him just taking stock of his aspects, right? Because he was talking about that as well. That just taking stock of his aspects, and it's just a matter of rearranging them or reassembling them, I suppose, into a form that he can move forward with, you know? I guess that's kind of what happens when we change, when we grow. Our aspects are a constellation and they just happen to change shape, but you're still in the sky. I don't know if I'm reaching. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's okay. This is working for me. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. All right. Cool. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I think we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but it just brings to mind that question, no, that if you could be anything, you know, or just maybe just a statement, you could be anything, which is which sounds super corny, right? Whatever. But it's true. And I mean, or is going to make a fucking video game. What? Yeah. What else is there to say after all of that? You know, I mean, he said something about how he's not very articulate. He's not very good at putting things into words. But I felt like he was able to perfectly convey everything that he meant to us. And I'm so grateful for that. And here we are just like floundering around, like trying to make sense of it. <laughs> I'd like to acknowledge that over the time that this podcast has been alive, we've seen people in the middle of specific transformation phases, you know, or transition phases or growth or parts of their growth that are very critical, critical stages. And it's like, wow, the fact that you would share us with this at all is amazing. Very generous again. So I'm just really thankful for that. Yeah. And I'm thankful also to the people who had a hand in making this podcast what it is. The music is by Lower Myth. The design for the podcast is by Max Ocampo. And the mixing is by Roy Makasai. You can listen to The Gig Is Up on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave us a five-star rating and review. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Gig Is Up BH. And if you'd like to support the production of this podcast, you can find us on Ko-fi, where you can leave us a one-time tip for the minimum amount of one US dollar, roughly 50 pesos. So that's ko-fi.com slash The Gig Is Up PH. Jorge mentioned that he won't be using the similar object social media platforms anymore after this year. And as mentioned earlier, we don't know where this video game is coming out, when it's coming out. But just keep an eye out na lang, wherever he's going to show up next. You can read his acquiescence statement by AX Ledesma. Mm-hmm. That's easily Googleable. He's been putting it around on his various platforms. So check that out. Jorge casts such a large shadow on the local music scene. And we're grateful that he came onto the show to share all of these things with us before he like bounces yeah what a swell guy thanks Jorge and thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you in the next one take care as always bye